0: Love Talk Radio. Good evening, this is Dr. Simon doing his, his shtick uh, about stories, and today it's going to be stories about suicide, and um, if the rain doesn't stop soon here in Florida, um, <laughs> I think a lot of people, they start to think about suicide although I doubt seriously that just about that, just about this continuing awful rain uh, that comes every afternoon now and, and plunges us into uh, lightning and thunder and and, and flooding uh, will be enough by itself to get anybody to commit suicide. But suicide is suddenly a hot topic. Um, it's interesting. I never really talked about suicide on my show. I never did a show on it until it became a national conversation uh, which was created when Kate Spade, an attractive, uh, very creative uh, designer, um, and Anthony Bourdain, uh, who I followed for years as a chef when he was on The Chef Show. I forget what it was, but... And uh, admired him going around the world and uh, enjoying food and brilliant conversation, uh, when they, within a short period of one another, committed suicide. Um, I want to talk about uh, suicide, uh, especially about, well, the separate issues. I'd like to talk about suicide and the psychological reasons that people might commit suicide. And uh, the second part of that, or or a piece of it, is that in this national conversation, uh, it starts with what I consider the bullshit story that depression is a disease, that they were suffering from depression, and that uh, in the last 10 years or so, the public has been convinced that that uh, depression and all mental, so-called mental disorders or mental illnesses are brain diseases, and that the best line of defense is to take the latest pill. And this is all bullshit. It's a lie. Suicide comes out of a state of mind. And it's very difficult to know another person's mind unless they share it with you. And one of the, my, my, the blessings of being a therapist for 50 years is that I did my job well enough that people trusted me, uh, many people trusted me to share their thoughts, their experiences, and the way in which they experience themselves and the world. Um, and I'm going to guess, because I really don't know, I never met Kate Spade nor Anthony Bourdain, that... What they would share to a therapist, um, whether it had a positive effect or not, uh, was very similar to the stories I heard over 50 years of people who, fortunately for me, never committed suicide, although I do have a couple of colleagues over the years who had patients commit suicide, and that was devastating to them, the sense of failure and guilt that they had, that they somehow... Uh, couldn't help this individual to see things differently. And uh, what did I learn about the state of mind, even of people who are rich and famous? And and uh, over the years, how many rich and famous people, artists, singers, rock stars, movie stars, committed suicide? And we scratch our head and say, but they had it all. The problem is if you get into the mind of another individual, you may think they have it all, but they may think they have nothing. And when a person feels they have nothing deeply enough, suicide to them becomes a very rational and appealing, appetizing uh, uh, way of going. It is an adaptive act. And the person says, I don't have to suffer in this world anymore. I don't have to suffer the horror of being me. I don't have to suffer failure. They they quote Hamlet, the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. I can end it. Uh, Many, many years ago when I was still a, a graduate student at City College in my master's program, had a wonderful professor of psychiatry He was not at that time one of the pill pushers, but well-trained as a therapist who worked in a mental hospital. And he said, when you get somebody in the emergency room uh, and they're really bound and they try to commit suicide, uh, and and, uh, we'll talk about different levels of intent in a little while. Um, And then all of a sudden they say, I could leave now, I feel much better. He says, that's the danger very often. The reason they're no longer feeling depressed is they now have considered and taken seriously and are planning a way out. So uh, all adaptive acts have one or two kinds of goals. One is where we reach for a goal that is uh, positive, pleasing, or we reach for a goal that represents an escape from some kind of physical or psychological pain. And people who commit suicide, regardless of the outside uh, uh, picture of their life, uh, and so many individuals who are famous and, and uh, have notoriety and are celebrity. Oh, today celebrity seems to be everything. And we all want to be famous and we all want to be uh, on, on Facebook, on YouTube. We all want to be known and renowned And we discover with so many of us and so many individuals, it means nothing. The people who claim to love you because you're a star and a celebrity don't know you, so they don't love you. And that's what's missing from the sense of experience of people who commit suicide. So in my uh, introduction to this program, I talk about what I consider the basic beliefs of an individual who contemplates and carries out suicide. Right? There are four five basic beliefs, and what we believe has a consequence about how we feel. Right? What we think motivates the emotions that actually drive behavior. So the first belief is a statement that says I'm no good I am unworthy of love I'm a piece of shit I shouldn't have been born I mean there are hundreds of ways over the years I've heard people say this Uh, when in the darker days of my own life I said it right Um, I was very big on trying to be intelligent and when I was really depressed I would say boy am I stupid in fact uh, when I would wanna judge somebody, and the harshest judgment I could make, from my vantage point was to say, boy, are they stupid. The problem is that when you ask somebody to describe themselves and they say, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, I'm useless, I'm no good, I shouldn't have been born, they're not describing themselves, they're judging themselves. And the judgments are all negative, and the judgments are all extremely harsh. It can take, sometimes take six months of working with somebody to get them to really describe themselves. What about the thoughts that they have? Well, my thoughts are sinful and bad. Uh, some of the most depressed people I've ever worked with over the years were individuals who were taught That there is no difference between thinking a sexual or aggressive thought and doing it. God reads your mind and God condemns you. Uh, Catholics have a way out if they are good Catholics, if they remain within the the beliefs of the faith and you go to a priest and you confess and he gives you forgiveness. So maybe the people who have been calling you these names don't forgive you, because they don't understand you. They they are the ones doing the judging. Very often it is parents. It's the people who love you. It's the teachers who care, uh, who will tell you you're stupid, you're useless, you can't do anything. Um, I, over the years on, on my show, some of my favorites was uh, a, a young man who was told when he was growing up by his mother, "I shit you out. You're shit." Um, a a woman who never really uh, was I able to help uh, escape from the full depths of uh, depressive feelings. Uh, You were the abortion that failed. Boy, that's a good one. And it is very hard when we're young to understand that our parents may have the problem When we're young and we're egocentric, it's we we have the problem. Parents know everything. And in fact, what our parents very often don't know, or our teachers don't know, certainly our president right now doesn't know, is that a judgment doesn't describe anything. Judgments are statements about value, the value of a person, the value of a thing. And to convince a child even in the name of love, that they're worthless, is to create the conditions for lifelong misery, if not ultimately in a suicide. I don't deserve to be loved. There's a very famous saying, Always the years I always believed that Woody Allen was the one who said, I'd never join any club that would have me. I mean, that is the depression depressed person's theme song. All right. I mean, it, in other words, I'm so bad that I won't even give anybody a chance to love me or to care about me. There's a turning away from the world. It turns out that it wasn't Woody Allen. Somebody who I said that to said, no, it was Groucho Marx. And I did a little research, and I think it really was Groucho Marx. But it's something that Woody Allen might have said too. So the first thing that sets up Uh, uh, the uh, possibility of suicide is a self-hatred a self-doubt a deeply held belief and an emotion that says I hate myself I am NOT worthy of life I am NOT worthy of love the second one is the projection and this is very important people who kill themselves are committing a violent act on themselves and under the right circumstances, people who could kill themselves can also kill others. If you can be dehumanized to the point that you don't believe you're worthy of life, then it's very easy to project those feelings and see them in others. Many, 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 many stories of suicide involve, for example, a man whose wife or lover or fiance or somebody rejects them for another and they kill the wife or they kill the lover sometimes it's the woman who kills the man and then they kill themselves at the point at which they kill the other they were already dead Uh, men are very very sensitive and can hate themselves and despair about their sense of manhood if they don't believe uh, that they are the best, if they earn, don't earn the right amount of money, or if somebody finds somebody else who's more sexually attractive and satisfying to them. All right. uh, as I've said in my last show uh, and other shows, uh, many of the people who uh, uh, get their AR-15 and blow away other people students or, or the las vegas mass murder uh, uh, uh more people died in the la- and, and were injured in the las vegas mass murder than uh who uh jumped on d-day uh behind enemy lines uh while the uh to create a diversion and, and a back fight uh while the normandy landings were taking place i mean that that's big that's really big that one was war and this was uh, a terrible uh, act of rage. Uh, the individual sees the world as a reflection of his own self-hatred and there's hatred that goes out. So that the second belief is that the world is a cruel, loveless shithole that only creates pain. And once these beliefs really become entrenched... The individual becomes trapped in them because the possibility of seeing beauty, of accepting a compliment, uh, uh, uh it, it becomes diminished. Uh, the belief, the third belief is I am all alone in this world and I'm helpless to do anything about it. And so there's a feeling of utter helplessness, uh, Very often, and and the powerful emotion that very often fits in here is shame. An individual may be deeply ashamed to go and talk about their problems to anybody. Uh, They feel others don't like them. And in fact, many of the kids who do commit these murders in school were bullied. But I don't think the bullying in and of itself... There has to be, in addition to that, or I believe there's an addition to that, an already deep sense of shame about the self and a belief that the bully is really right, not a bully. It's the taking seriously that the other has the truth about you that becomes so difficult to deal with. The third belief Uh, The fourth, did I give you the third? Yes. Three is I'm alone and I'm helpless. The feeling of utter helplessness and the powerful emotion of loneliness. Um, It's a very difficult thing. When old people, elderly people, and I just turned 78, I can't even believe that that's actually a true number, but it seems to be. I looked at my birth certificate and I was born 78 years ago. Uh, are alone and with health issues. So they really are feeling pain and they're sick Uh, and and they're isolated and they don't have enough money. Uh, The possibility of suicide goes up dramatically or heavy drinking or opioid use, Uh, the opioid uh, epidemic, thank you, given to us uh, by Big Pharma. Who also gives us the bullshit that a lonely, self-hating, world-fearing life uh, can be cured with a pill. Yes, it can make you feel better. It can make you feel numb. But does it change the basic existential truth that the individual has about life and the feeling it's not worth living? The fourth is there is no hope for the future. The feeling of despair and utter hopelessness. Things are bad and can only get worse. If you put all of this together, I don't care how young you are, I don't care how much money you have, I don't care how good-looking you are, all of these things put together create a state of mind in which I have to find some way out of me I can't escape from me. Uh, People use all kinds of palliatives, drugs, to forestall these feelings. And the drugs that the psychiatrist gives you are drugs that do not fix a broken brain that creates these difficulties. They create a numbing. And only about 30% of the people who take these uh, the they, they they, uh, SSRIs, the serotonin reuptake inhibitors, uh, are helped by them. The other seventy percent can't stand how they feel. Even on television now, uh, get a Billify and add a second drug, add a third drug. Uh, you can put yourself to sleep every night with a bottle of booze. The problem is, you wake up the next morning and you're sick and you're hungover. And all of these drugs uh, create dependency in one way or another that doesn't change the existential truth that the person believes about themselves okay that's the belief someone's trying to call me and they'll have to wait um, and I'll call them back later next uh, and by the way, anybody wants to call in and talk with me, the guest number is 646-716-7756. That's 646-716-7756. Psychotherapy, and I always talk about good psychotherapy, has therapy in quotes because it's not really therapy. You're not doing anything medically. You're not changing anything but a belief system. It can be very powerful if a person is helped to understand that when you judge yourself, you don't understand yourself. When you judge people in the world, you don't understand those people. If you were judged as a child, the people who judge you didn't understand you. I won't go into some of the pet names my mother had for me. But ultimately, I learned that this was not a description of me. It was a projection of her unhappiness and her pain that, that uh, got into my head and made it very difficult for me to be a happy person. The, the idea of judging rather than describing... So what happened when I would work with somebody severely depressed is tell me your thoughts and tell me your feelings and like any good therapist created a relationship in which I did not judge the individual. I didn't say to them, you shouldn't think this way. There's something wrong with you. You're crazy. One of my big hatreds of the whole mental health industry is that it created, it built itself on the notion of a diagnosis, of a disease that can't be cured, which says to the individual, the problem is not between you and the world, it's in you. In you, what's in you, you have to live with forever. It isolates the individual, who very often is already isolated, even if they have a way of surrounding themselves with people. Very often the individual uh, who the, the star, the celebrity, goes home, locks the door and there's nobody there, maybe a dog. And by the way, a good animal that loves and allows the person to experience the love of the pet is enough very often to stop a person from committing suicide. So once an individual accepts that they have not been understood, and they experience another human being understanding them and not judging them, things can change. I'm amazed about how powerful that has been in my life and when I have worked professionally with people and been able to establish a relationship and get them to understand the difference between a judgment and a description. See, A description is, I have sexual thoughts. The judgment is, they're sinful and I'm bad. The description is, I had trouble in school concentrating and learning math. The judgment is, I'm a dummy. On the other hand, the kid who gets everything right, we don't understand how he does that or she does that. What we do is we say, they're geniuses, they're brilliant. It understands nothing. And most of the time, we are not in a position to really understand another human being. When you love someone and they love you, love allows for an acceptance and a a listening to the person with whom we have this relationship where there's no judgment and we feel ourselves to be understood and accepted it by itself is enough to keep life going under very, very difficult circumstances. When the therapy would continue, I would almost always discover that the person who did the the, the, the most damage, uh, let's say it was a parent, uh, often was a parent, sometimes it was teachers, sometimes an older sibling, sometimes the group you hung out with Kids who are bullied, particularly teenagers, are very vulnerable to accepting the judgments about them. Uh, very high rates of suicide, I don't think it's as high anymore, among gays. For a boy to be called a fag when he is trying to be a manly man is an incredibly powerful, punishing thing to experience, Right? When you get back into a discussion about family or relationships without judgment, without hatred, either coming in or going out, very often the, the un, the, an understanding occurs that the parent who did this didn't even hate me when they judged me. It was themselves they were caught up with. It becomes intergenerational. In fact, I can go on and on and on and on because most of the human race doesn't describe their fellow human beings they judge and the judgment becomes the two-for-one method of dealing it makes a moral statement about the worth worthiness or worthlessness of another human being and seems at the same time to explain the behavior Someone is clumsy, someone's a schmuck, someone's an asshole. And I am watching now, and I have talked about this in many of my previous episodes, the the social disintegration taking place in our country as people merely call each other names. And this comes from the left and it comes from the right. Unfortunately, the individual with the most power in the country right now can't understand himself or anyone else, and judges and judges and judges and judges. And it is devastating. I tried to have a conversation with somebody recently. I sort of tried to give it up. I I don't want to give it up. Well, he said, you're a lefty. And that is it. Whatever my beliefs are, they are disintegrated. They don't matter because of the judgment that I'm a member of the left. I'm a liberal and I see the other thing going, these fucking asshole conservatives. There is no understanding. There is just judgment that has to be protected and and, and deflected and repressed and projected back on the other until you have fights, fist fights. And ultimately, this can and will, because it's already happening, will lead to violence. Bloody, damaging violence. Well, if anybody wants to call, I gave myself an hour for this. I'm not sure that I haven't covered uh, what I want to cover. Um, A couple of other things. Uh, When I see people who hate themselves and don't want life anymore the very often they either have never become involved with the arts or they've turned away from them I've said this many times to many people and on my show I'm somewhere about 200 episodes at this point and most of my episodes that to me one of the great things about being alive is to listen to music and be involved in the arts Uh, to watch a ballet. Uh, I watched the Tonys last night. And when these kids from uh, uh, Parkland came on and sang All About Love, I I just broke down. It was a wonderful moment. Uh, It was beautiful. It was life-affirming in in the uh, aftermath of all that hate, of all that violence, of this poor, sad, empty young man who couldn't see his own worth and couldn't see the worth of his fellow students and brought in a gun and finished off his own life, even if he didn't kill himself, uh, he would have had a better end than he's going to have uh, uh, for the rest of his 60 or 70 years in a prison where he'll be hated And if anybody can get to him, uh, we'll torture him uh, and and make his life uh, a hell. Um, Okay, I, I think it's time for me to have some ice cream. And I have the number of my friend who called. And I'm going to see if I can call them back. I did a half an hour. I was going to do an hour, but nobody calls, so... I' going to hang on for a couple more minutes. Anyway, listen to another person in pain. Don't judge them. You'll make a friend and maybe save a life. Oh, why am I not talking about that? What do you do to help people who are suicidal? Don't turn to the mental health system unless you could find that individual, a really good psychotherapist who can take their insurance and has time to see them. Um, Get them to join a Y, a YMHA, a YMCA. Spend real time with them yourself and listen to their pain. That in and of itself can be the palliative that can be the thing that prevents take a walk with them more and more we discover that a feeling of exercise the feeling of using one's body of working up a sweat is a powerful anti-depressive kind of of feeling take them to listen to some music hold a hand That's what we have to do with one another. Listen, understand, not judge, because you can understand someone or judge them, but not at the same time. And that's what we can do. And we have to do it in the political realm. We have to do it in the social realm. We have to do it in our personal lives. We have to do it with our children. We have to do it with our spouses. We have to do it with our friends. We have to do it. And the more we do it, the more it becomes the normal, rather than what is the normal, which is a hierarchical tribal system in which those richer, those more powerful, judge those who are less powerful and less rich and less good-looking. Maybe I'll do another show just on that. But right now, I think that... um, I think that I'm there. So I'm gonna say good night, end my episode, and think about what I might do for my next.